Well, it's been hmm, five months or so since our last update on exactly what's been going on with the local versus offshore challenge between Pit Fulion and Magnus Haystack. Pit was way clear after the first six months. We're now two years into the challenge of a million rand in real money. Each of them have got half a million to, um, I won't say play with, but certainly invest with. And it's coming down to a lot tighter, certainly a heck of a lot tighter than it was in the beginning. But we'll find out more about that from our two protagonists in just a moment. Petroleum runs the Merchant West Value Fund, one of South Africa's top fund manager. He enjoys investing in South African companies and thinks that, or certainly did think, that local was quite lacquer. Magnus Haystack, on the other hand, has a different view of the world. He believes that South Africans should be taking money offshore, investing into the rest of the world, and indeed doing so to the maximum that is legally allowed. Well, gents, a lot's happened in the last six months. We're a little early on our next catch-up. The competition began in the beginning of November in 2021. So we're just about two years into the competition. And just for those who haven't picked up until now, uh, a member of the Biz News community, a member of our tribe who's a premium subscriber, decided that he wanted to settle this argument f- completely, put Magnus, give Magnus 500000 with Brenthurst Wealth and give Pitt 500000 to put into his portfolio and then to see who did the best with that money. Well, we are nearly two years in. Pitt's 500000 has gone up slightly, 5.5%. It's now 527,346 rands. So after inflation, not so clever. Magnus's 500,000 rand has gone down 13%. It's now 434,008 rands. And also not so clever. Gents, the markets have been against you. So let's maybe kick off with that. But Pete, you were off to a flying start. It was almost like your horse jumped out of the starting stalls, uh, was went, went way clear. But since the first six months, things have been a lot tougher. Yeah. Look, I mean, that was uh, just purely um, pure luck of timing. Uh, we happened to kick it off in that November, and there was a good period for South African assets uh, quite uh, shortly thereafter. Um, you can't plan those sort of things. Uh, when assets are cheap and undervalued as are in South Africa, you know over time they will give you some sort of decent return. Um, you just don't know when that's going to uh, and so we had a bunch of uh, return happen, and I'm sure six months in, since then there's been a bit of uphill. Um, but I do think that uh, you know, uh, given current valuations, the odds are still on your side. Uh, that doesn't mean it's cert- the outcome is certain, uh, but it means the odds on your side. And if you're investing, all you need to do is get the odds on your side, and over time you will be successful. The problem we have with investing is the timing of these things uh, is hard to know beforehand. Afterwards, the economist can tell you exactly when you should have done what and why, but beforehand, it's very hard to say 
now you need to do this, now you need to do that. Um, that's almost impossible. I've never met anybody who can do that. Uh, so we were lucky at the start, uh, and now we're dragging a bit. Um, but I, I do think valuations are still on SA Asset's side. Uh, so I, you know, I look forward with confidence in the next three years. And you were left in the starting stalls, Magnus. You know, uh, today, uh, Pete, good day, Alec, and, and uh, Peter's a scholar and a gentleman for saying, you know, luck plays a role, but it's, it's, it is true in markets. And, you know, the first six months, uh, I felt like a, a boxer was going to box 15 hours, but I've already been knocked down twice in the first round and and, and barely hanging out there. And, and I was really taking flack from, from, from the community and... Uh, and it's just part of the game. You don't you don't know how these things happen. November twenty one, in fact, was like a month before the tech bubble burst in the in the US and the Rand strengthened. So I was I was back from both sides. Nevertheless, we stuck with our strategy. And the last uh, twelve to eighteen months, the offshore portfolio has again outperformed the local portfolio. And Peter's got his problems now. He's got the ANC on his side, or his part of and uh, <laughs> you know him got. Things like Transnet and Eskim and, and what do you, what have you. That's the nature of markets, you know. It, it's uh, and uh, that, that's part of the investment game. And, and, and very few, a lot of people are trying to project uh, after three months, after six months, and saying, "Well, this is the this is the trend, and let's stick to it." That's your big, that's your first big mistake. Markets can change in the blink of an eye, and something happens out there: a war, terrorist attack, oil goes up. So it's 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 a long game, and most people are very guilty, including myself and other people. We tend to take shorter term views. We try and react almost on a day to day basis to markets, and and I've stopped doing that. I've chosen my portfolio. It's got a big chunk of of Sean Pesce's Randall Fund, which is running. I've got some some of um, you know, Anthony Ginsberg's mega trends, and I put some money into into Japan now, and I've said that's it. I've, I've I've done my I've done my stew. I'm now let it, let it cook, and 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 we're gonna bake the pie and see what happens. But that's the nature of games. Immensely entertaining, immensely educational. If you are trying um, to create portfolios, and you know it's been great fun. Peter's leading, but uh, I can see his heels already. The, but I'm sure he's he's gonna go buy one of these new Nike super duper athletic shoes that can run faster. All part of the game. All part of the game. <laughs> well, for the investor, it's real money. It's not a game for him. And do you think he should be feeling a little um, miffed at the performance so far, Pete? Or has it just been uh, come with the territory, really? It's been tough. I markets. don't think so. I, I, I don't think you can say that over two years, uh, if a certain outcome happens, an investor should be pleased or displeased. Uh, markets go up and they go down over time. Uh, and uh, right now, it's tough in markets, generally speaking. Outside of the big seven stocks in the US, uh, everything basically in the world is down, except, of course, you know, the best three performing markets year to date in US dollar terms are the following. And this, this might come as a surprise. Number one is Nigeria in the world in dollar terms. Number two is Greece. And number three is Argentina. You know, you can't predict these things. And any investor in his right mind would never have put money in Nigeria at the beginning of this year, or Argentina for that matter was a serial defaulter, or Greece for that matter was also a serial defaulter. But yet these 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 uh, countries have shown fantastic returns. So 
if you look in the rear view mirror, anything can happen. Um, and, uh, and over shorter periods, uh, outcomes are quite arbitrary. I think an investor who's got half his money offshore and half his money onshore in South African cheap assets, over time, will do fine. We'll do fine. Uh, you've got some cheap assets here. You've got some good quality assets in Japan, which are also cheap, by the way. I agree with Marcus on that one. Uh, and other assets as well. I, I think Sean's fund is a fantastic vehicle for offshore investors. So, you know, uh, I, I think uh, an investor who has allocated his money in the way he has between myself and Mohamed can sleep well at night, regardless of walking to market today and seeing, well, you know, the SA assets are only up a bit and the offshore assets are down a bit. I don't think that matters. What what matters is that portfolio construction is sensible and should lead to a satisfactory outcome over time. That's the important thing. So the fact that our business tribe member is losing money at the moment with a consolidation of the two of you, only just, it's not much, just a, in fact, it's it's fractional now, um, shouldn't be too disturbing because it's a five-year uh, pro- time span. I would have been much more worried if the investor was up by 40 or 50% in two years because that probably means that going forward, there's losses there. Um, you know, that's how markets go. They go up and they go down. Um, and that is forecast you can make is when they've been down, you can forecast that they will go up. And when they've been up, you can forecast they've been down, but not necessarily even in that order. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, it's super, it's almost impossible to predict what markets are going to be doing. Um, but I think given uh, current valuations in the bulk of this specific investor's portfolio, the investor can sleep quite comfortable. Magnus, Pitt says 50% with him, 50% with you. In other words, 50% in South African assets. I'm not sure that would uh, would let you sleep well at night. It, surprisingly, it, it does. Uh, like, you know, not everybody, and we, we stress it very, very clearly to our clients, can can stand the volatility of being 100% offshore. You've got to be a very serious and a professional investor because the offshore markets have got a double volatility. It's got the currency on the one side, which, as we know, can do anything. And then you've got the overseas markets that can also do something. And when they both turn negative, which happened from November, believe it or not, 21 to March 22, you have a serious clock, if I may use a very nice word, to your RAND values, um, and which is exactly what happened. So if you're a South African with your liabilities, a lot of your liabilities in South Africa and your lifestyle in South Africa, a 50-50 split is, is, is actually proven to be a very, very nice return, risk-adjusted return over time in South Africa. It's been a very nice, in fact, if you combine the two portfolios, the growth since day one has been about a 12-13%. Uh, believe it or not, one half made you money in the initial stages, the other half made you the money in the second stages. So you've covered both eventualities. And uh, as I stress, you know, the timing does come into play in this one, but these things are unpredictable. We all think, we all think we understand the market and we only have a little snapshot of what is going on in the global market. And if anybody even thinks that he fully understands the bigger picture, he must try and work on the railways because he's not going to, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm joking, but it's, that's the one thing after 40 years of this business, and like you and I know it, we do not know even a slither of what is happening in global markets because those are so much powerful forces at play. And, and Mark Twain once said, you know, you, 
one of the biggest mistakes if you think you know what's going to happen and it ain't so. That's when you really see your backside. So it's actually been a nice combo. A combo. It's to combine different investment styles. They will have different outcomes over time. The, the results are quite, quite nice, so surprisingly. It's so interesting what you both just said because there would be, in most people's minds, a reluctance to leave all of your money in South Africa and so then you must take it all out or to invest all of your money offshore because it's a, it's, the RAND is strong, relatively speaking, at some point in time. So it's, it's very good to keep that moderation. But what happens next? But you now, you've now had this flying start. You've now been kind of loping along. Uh, we're at the, at the 40% uh, period of the five-year plan. Do you now uh, go more aggressively? Or what, or what should we be looking out for from Pitfilion in the months ahead? No, I mean, I, I'm continuing to manage the fund as in the way I have uh, for the past uh, 10 years. Um, I think the important thing to realize is when you're managing investments, when you're managing money, you're playing what they call an infinite game as opposed to a finite game. A finite game is like a game of rugby or a game of monopoly. It's got a set of rules that don't change and it's got an end point and you employ certain tactics to win this game. You take certain risks uh, and you employ these strategies to win the game uh, at the risk of losing. The risks you take are big enough so that you might lose if those risks don't pay off. But that's fine because then if you lose, you just start a new game and you play your second rugby match of the tournament and your third rugby match of the tournament. An infinite game has no endpoint. It also has rules that change from time to time as global markets change. You know, conditions global markets change the whole time. It, it, the rules don't stay fixed and the boundaries are not fixed. Uh, and, and that isn't what investing is. However, the investment management world tries to make us think about investments as, an infl- as a finite game with winners and losers at certain points, uh, arbitrary points along the way, because that gives the marketing people product to sell because they can say look at this funded won this award buy this fund it's good over the past three years it's won this raging bull award buy this fund it's good that's a finite game and the tactics in a finite game leads to ruin because you are taking two risky bets to win over a three-year or a five-year period whereas in an infinite game you have to dial back the risk the important strategy is to stay alive to avoid ruin so I would say, to answer your question, that I wouldn't change very much at all at this point in time, given the composition of the portfolio. If the South African assets had been decimated down, say, 80% over the past two years, then I would probably have advised the uh, investor to rebalance. Conversely, if the South African assets had been up 100%, again, the advice would have been to rebalance back down and allocate more offshore. Uh, And in so doing, reduce your risk and make sure that you don't run the risk of ruin because that's what takes you out of an infinite game. If you lose, you're out, and that's the end of the road, and there's nothing left. Uh, And so I I try very hard to play the infinite game in the way I manage the money, uh, the Merchant West Value Fund and the other funds I manage, 
And it, it, it's very important. It's different to normal thinking. Normal thinking says there's an end line, there's an end point here, there's a finish line, and the winner is the one who's achieved the best return over that period. But the strategy to do that is very different to the one that you need to employ in an instant game, which is actually what investing is about. So uh, in short, I wouldn't change anything now. It's actually what business business is about as well, though, isn't it, Pete? Uh, Simon Sinek, Infinite Game, he, I hope you've read that book, but it's a, it's a fantastic book and one that shapes the way we do our business. And I guess I, I never thought of it from an investment perspective, but the way you've put it now, it really does give you a, a different way of looking at things. Magnus? You know, a couple of years ago when I was still a journalist, I wrote an article about on the highway to Lani, there was a big billboard, and, and, and the, advert, the advert says, big and bold, RMB small cap fund up 100% invest now. And I I, I still remember commenting on 702 and, and print. I said, guys, that's irresponsible. Because the year after it, they lost 50%. And that is the nature of the marketing arm of the investment industry. They will take winners. They will take first quartile fund managers. They will get all the publicity. They will get all the coverage. And with all due respect to the ordinary investor, they, to a large extent, will follow that and pour money into that fund based on the, the past six months or the past year. And invariably, history shows you you've, you've come in at the wrong time and you're going to burn your fingers. And then they pull out again. And, and I think it's, I think the industry uh, is, is still guilty of that. They, they tend to put, promote short-term performance at the expense of long-term portfolio construction and the end loser is, well, both the industry and, of course, the client shops around and falls around and never sticks to a plan. And that's, it's, it's a big, big problem for us sitting across the desk in the advisory space, talking to clients and saying, you cannot put your money into that fund. They've only done well over six months or nine months. But the client will say, geez, they're, they're going to do it again. In his mind, he's already doubling his money. And, and, and the reality is it doesn't happen. And that's what we deal with in our industry. So Peter's absolutely, it's a very, very good summary of how this industry actually works. What a lovely interview uh, we've had today. Thanks, gents. It's, it really has opened, I think, some new eyes. The one in, uh, in fact is that Magnus doesn't say take all your money offshore, which I think will be a shock to quite a lot of people, um, given, that, uh, given what this competition has done. And the second thing is bringing in the infinite game story to uh, investing as well as you should be doing it in business. But just to close off with, Pete, you're an active fund manager. Is there much you're going to be changing in the portfolio given that South Africa really, South Africa's stock market is really two stock markets in one. You have the resources, stocks, and you have the others or financials and industrials. So is there anything that that you're seeing now that is offering particularly good value? No, I mean, I, I think it's unchanged. Uh, the South African domestically orientated stocks, the, the banks, the industrials, and the, specifically the small caps uh, are extremely cheap. Um, so, I, you know, the fund is, has broad exposure to those asset classes. We have less than average exposure to resource companies. Um, uh, and I think there will come a time to buy them. I think it's too early still. Um, but uh, we think... Uh, the small cap environment in Africa is where there is absolute indiscriminate selling taking place with no regards to underlying business valuation. Uh, and that is where the big, big opportunities are. But it's not going to, these opportunities aren't going to 
resolve themselves in the next three months or six months. But I think if you sit here in three or five years' time, you look back, I think you'll have done fine by owning small, good South African business, small cap South African business run by good management, which are trading on P's of two and three. It's just ridiculous. And Magnus, uh, you've already told us that you've now placed your bets. You're not going to be changing anything there? Well, my bet is to invest offshore. So I've got to look at the offshore space. I've got to exclude South Africa. And I'm, I, need, I need to find, and I think I've now got a nice settled portfolio. It's a mixture between a value fund manager in the name of Sean Perse is doing very well. I've got some tech stocks, 20% into the mega trend tech stocks, which can which can give you 100% or can give you minus 50%. And I really like Japan. We've been investing in Japan for a very long time for our clients. And, and you know, it's, 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 it's a fund or a, or a country that is very, very rarely discussed in the financial media. Of course, people don't understand it because I was there in 2015 and I came back very impressed with Japan. And we mean, I mean, the August Global Equity, Japan August Fund has, has, has almost beaten the S&P 500 over the last seven years, which is quite astounding. And um, so I've, I've increased the allocation to that particular fund because the, the news flow out of Japan almost on a daily basis, especially after Warren Buffett commented on Japan, has, has been very, very positive. And I think that's a place where there can be some nice profits. Companies are restructuring. They're paying more dividends. They're paying attention to shareholders. So there's a, there's a cultural change happening in the, in the Japanese world. And I think South African investors need to, need to go and have a look what's happening there. Uh, we tend to focus on the West, America, US, Europe, we don't know what's happening in the land of the rising profits. <laughs> Magnus Haystack from Brenthurst Wealth, Pete Fillion from Merchant West, and I'm Alec Hogg from Business.com.